Welcome to Tax Today, a Vertex podcast series. Words of wisdom from industry professionals to help you transform tax. Each week, we hold enlightening discussions with tax, IT, and procurement specialists focused on shaping tax in the procure-to-pay process. Hi, I'm Kristen Schwabemauer. Welcome to Tax Today, a Vertex podcast series. On today's episode, we'll be exploring controls and documentation, internal audit involvement, and our SOX group with Mike Bernard. Mike is Vertex's chief taxation officer and repeat contributor to this series. Mike, welcome back. Thanks, Kristen. I'm glad to be here. So this is a really interesting topic. And I guess from my standpoint, when I think of tax reporting, I think of it just primarily being needed for the tax department, like your tax managers, your tax director, all of that. So Mike, tell me, what functional groups have an interest in tax reporting outside of tax management, for instance? Yeah, Kristen. So there's there's actually four groups that have an interest in tax reporting. And when I talk about tax reporting, I'm talking about compliance. I'm talking about actual tax returns. It applies whether they are U.S. sales tax returns or whether they're VAT returns, so outside of the U.S. So there are two internal groups, internal to the company. The first is the SOX group or Sarbanes-Oxley group. And the second group is internal audit. There are two other groups that are outside of the company that have an interest in tax reporting, and that would be your test auditors, your financial auditors. That applies whether you're a public company or a private company because you all have a test auditors. And then lastly, um, I think everybody knows the other group that has a keen interest in what you're doing are government auditors. In other words, you're going to be audited at some point around that. So let me just step through each one of them very quickly. Um, First of all, for the Sarbanes-Oxley group, They actually have an interest in the financial reporting, internal controls of a company. And so tax is obviously a finance function. And to the extent that your tax reporting, your collection or emitting of transaction taxes rises to a certain level, normally the word they use is material, then obviously there's a number of key controls that actually have to apply to your procedures. And we'll talk about those a little bit later, Kristen. The second group is internal audit. And the reason they're important is because they actually have an interest in auditing both operational and finance functions. They report often directly to the CFO and to the audit committee. So they're going to want to make sure that any kind of risk around the tax department has been de-risked as much as possible. So your controls, your compliance, your tax engines, everything that leads to a secure environment and a correct accuracy of your reporting is going to be really an important component of that. Then there's also the attest auditors. So these are the financial auditors, again, whether you're public or private, they want to make sure that you're following certain procedures because they have to, at some point, take the financial statements that have been given to them by the company and they have to express an opinion that the controls around the financial reporting have met certain standards. And obviously the tax department where there is risk, a lot of us know there are certain risks. I'm not talking about the actual positions that you take, but just that's one component of it, but actually the, the actual processes around your reporting. So they have to make sure that they have signed off on that and they're confident that, that you're meeting those proper controls. But then there's also the government auditors as well. And so they want to make sure that whatever you've produced can be backed up, is verified, you've rated your transactions properly. So all of those groups have a keen interest. Uh, They all have a different interest. But essentially what the tax department's interest in all of that, the thread that runs through all of it, is clean, accurate, and timely reporting. Okay. 
wow, that's kind of mind blowing that there's so much, it's, it's almost like checks and balances and people looking over your shoulder, but there's, it's so much more extensive than what I would have thought. I hope that resonates with our, especially our procurement office who, who might not have any insight into some of these practices. So talk to me then, um, you mentioned controls. What, what are some of the controls that, that are in place for companies? Yeah, I mean, I think it doesn't really matter, Kristen, whether you're a large company or a small company or a mid-market, they're all pretty much the same controls. And these are normally controls that you would find that the uh, AICPA puts out or that your SOX group puts out or your test auditors have. They're all pretty much the same as, and again, my comments all relate around tax reporting. So actually filing a tax return. So um, I'm going to list them and talk just a little bit about each one of them. So the first one is that your your data actually is verifiable and accurate. So you have to make sure that you're getting, you being the tax department, are getting clean, accurate, and timely data from whatever systems feed into your reporting. So it could be a sales system, could be procurement, could be AP, could be a lot of different uh, functional groups, but you really have to make sure that that data is clean. And what I've seen more and more in companies is that the tax department is less responsible for actually making sure that that data is accurate. And the responsibility is going more back to the groups that are actually producing that data. And obviously here, the key one is sales, is sales data. The second thing that you have to be able to do is you have to actually take that data and properly stage it into whatever reporting tool you have. So again, whether it's transaction tax purposes, business licenses, income tax, obviously you have to have the proper personnel and technology to take the data and actually stage it into the reporting tool. Whether you do the reporting internally or it's outsourced, that still has to be done. And that's not always an easy thing to do because a lot of times the data comes to the tax department not in the proper format that is needed in order to put it in to the reporting tool. So that's some work that is very key. And as long as you can automate that as much as possible with as little manual work around it, that's actually going to be the best way to kind of de-risk the whole process. Third is, uh, as it relates to all of this, is one thing that tax departments have to do, and I, I don't know of a tax department that doesn't have it, but, but this is something that does get reviewed by internal auditors. It does get reviewed by also SOX auditors and test auditors, is that the tax department has a comprehensive calendar tool, which shows all of the reporting when they have to report all of the returns be it income, again, transaction tax, VAT, sales and use tax, business license, telecom, if you're responsible for that, anything in that area, you need a comprehensive tool that does that. And so that actually has to be a part of the controls. Uh, The fourth one is that you also have to have timely filing of it so that you have a process, again, whether you're insourced or outsourced for it, that you're properly filing those things on time. So actually filing the calendar and that the payments are actually done properly. So a lot of times what we see today is tax departments have either outsourced or insourced a single point of payment from the treasury group so that you're not having to deal with a lot of checks or a lot of wires. There are payment processors where you can fund them, say, monthly, and they will actually distribute all of those um, liability checks or wires to the proper taxing jurisdiction. That's really important because sometimes whether you're small or large, it can be either 10 or 100 or 1,000 and the scale can go up very quickly. It's really hard for the tax department to kind of follow that. But if you have a payment processor that actually can do that, that is a key way to automate and actually de-risk and actually improve your controls in the tax department. 
And then lastly, once you get done with all of that, once you've, your data is clean, once your staging's been done properly, once you've followed the uh, calendar, and then you've also done timely payment, and you've also done timely reporting, then the last thing you have to be able to do is store the data that backs up the return. So one of the benchmarks that we see in, in some of our customers who have our best practices and controls is that that data is what we call audit ready. In other words, it's stored centrally. It's not in a paper file. It's it's in a digital format. It backs up the direct numbers on the tax return. If an auditor wants to audit you, they can do it. A lot of times auditing is now done. These are government auditors. Uh, can be done remotely. And so you can literally put that information out on a share or send it to them on a file, and they can actually uh, look through there and actually uh, audit your return. So that would really be the five controls I'd say are, are kind of benchmarks, they're best practices. We see them in, in great companies, both small and large and midsize. So that is where I would see those controls actually being uh, very helpful to tax departments. Yeah, that makes that does make sense. And I think that, you know, what you explained is, is really the life cycle, the never ending life cycle of tax and all everything that touches it and what they have to work on continually. So it's pretty amazing. So talk to me now, how how does Vertex and, and maybe like a tax calculation system or services and things like that come into play? Sure. So again, my comments are directed both at U.S. sales tax and for VAT purposes. So when I was uh, previously in industry, I had actually had done four implementations around a tax engine. So remember what the purpose of a tax engine is. It has It's able to take a transaction and do it very quickly. You bump up a transaction against uh, the tax engine and out comes a rating for sales tax or VAT or for exemption purposes based upon either the use or the geography of that particular sale. And so obviously there's no other way to do it. You can't do something like that manually. It has to be automated. So there has to be some connectors built between say your sales data and the tax engine that Vertex has. And so you can use it in two areas. And these were two areas that I used it when I was in industry. The first was on the sales side. Now that should make sense to the folks on the podcast, because obviously if you're selling something, everything you sell has to be properly rated. Again, you know, based on geography use, it's either taxable or exempt, and you have to be able to do that quickly. So what the tax engine does is it provides intricate, detailed mapping of all the different products and geographies and gives you a correct tax. Now, you can understand why that's important is because obviously if you're selling something, you want to make sure that your customers have a very good experience. If an invoice comes and then invoice, everything's on that invoice is correct, except the sales tax, you're going to hear about it. It's not going to be a good experience with them. doesn't matter if it's a small item or if it's a very large and expensive item, you still have to have that sales tax correctly because they could either short pay you and then it becomes a customer issue and then it becomes expensive to rework the invoice. So literally you want that automated as possible. And we used a Vertex engine to actually do that for five divisions in the company that I was at. The second place where it's where we get a lot of interest and we've seen a lot of interest, particularly over the last two years with our customers, is in the procurement space. So this is where, and I think a lot of the tax professionals know this, this is where the procurement office is actually acquiring goods and services to either be used in a manufacturing process or they're being consumed by the company themselves in their own businesses. And so 
when most businesses buy all these products and services, you want to make sure that all of that sales tax or VAT is rated properly so that you're not overpaying. The other thing too is you don't, you want to make sure you're not underpaying too as well. So you're meeting your obligations. So what a tax engine does is it actually, you can take those procurement purchases and actually bump those up against your Vertex engine and actually get a proper rating. So it becomes incredibly important to do that, particularly if you're buying everything in the States, at least buying it on an exemption certificate and what we call direct pay. Direct pay is where you buy everything without paying sales tax. And then you actually pay use tax based upon where you actually place those goods or services into use or how you use them. So it becomes an extremely valuable tool, a very great way that tax can actually add value by working with the procurement group, putting in an automated sales tax engine, and then actually, you know, receiving direct benefit from that because then you're only paying sales or use tax based upon where those goods or services are actually put in place. I would say those are two very good examples of it. And um, it's it's something that tax departments are doing. We've seen a lot of interest around, particularly in the procurement space, as I said earlier. So th- that would be very helpful for tax departments to consider that. Yeah, it seems like an easy, an easy option, an easy check the box kind of a thing. And to make, you know, for efficiencies, to cover you for risk, make sure you're compliant um, and giving, you know, your, your employees the, the right tools to be able to, to do their jobs to protect the company and, and you know, adhere to the, the governments. So I think that should, should really resonate with our audience. So I appreciate that. That'll do it for today's show. I'd like to thank our guest, Mike. Thank you, Kristen, for having me be here. Yeah. And thanks to our listeners. Make sure to tune in for our next episode when we'll discuss trends in P2P and tax to keep in mind when automating. Subscribe to Tax Today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you liked what you heard, please leave a review. To learn more about optimizing tax and procurement, visit vertexinc.com. That's V-E-R-T-E-X-I-N-C dot com and connect with us on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook. Facebook.